Hello everyone, this is Hoops with Slim Shooter um, coming at you with episode number five. Um, this week is um, gonna, going to continue our 30 for 30, um, 30 teams in 30 weeks with the OKC Thunder slash Seattle Supersonics. But before we get into that, um, I just want to acknowledge what's going on in our country right now um, with the just tragedy of the death of George Floyd um, and you know just the fact that this race racial issue against African Americans is still a thing in our country is mind-blowing to me um, but it's real and um, I just want to say that I completely and 100% support the peaceful protesting that is happening all over our country to bring awareness to this issue and to support Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, of course, all lives matter. Every single person's life matters. But the fact of the matter is, is that black lives, people of the Afri African-American descent are the ones that are being targeted um, by just um, racial injustice. And, and that's why the movement of Black Lives Matter is so important. And um, I just am very thankful for all the people that are protesting and all the people that are posting on social media and bringing awareness to this issue um, because it needs to stop. And so I just wanna you know, send my prayers out to you know, the family uh, George Floyd's family and everyone affected by this incident and this every every African-American person in the United States around the world that has had to live their life experiencing this type of injustice and this type of just behavior towards them uh, you know it's just awful and I can I can't imagine how that must feel um, as a white male um, and so I just want to send my love and prayers and thoughts to um, everyone in this movement. And I just really hope that that this is going to make a change, that it's going to spark a change that um, will, will, our world will never be the same, you know. So um, just want to start off by saying that. So, you know, let's get into our segment this week with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Man, I'm from Oklahoma City. Um, I grew up there and I had the privilege to see the start of the Oklahoma City Thunder become a thing in the NBA. Um, so the Oklahoma City Thunder, formerly known as the Seattle Supersonics, were established in 2006 after a group called the Professional Basketball Club, LLC, um, a, a group of Oklahoma investors headed by Clay Bennett purchased them from the Seattle um, from Seattle's Howard uh, Schultz for $350 million. This also included Seattle's WNBA team, the Seattle Storm. Um, the group of investors then announced about two years later in 2008 that the team would be moving to Oklahoma City um, to start their franchise there, moving on from Seattle, uh, which was obviously the in initial um you know, seeded uh, idea when they purchased the team in 2006. Um, Oklahoma, you know, had proven 
to be a worthy city to host an NBA team after the New Orleans Hornets, um, you know, relocated to Oklahoma City during, um, you know, the tragedy of Hurricane Katrina in 2005, 2006, and 2006, 2007 seasons. Um, the Hornets were hosted in Oklahoma City, and I think the league um, saw how um, Oklahoma City embraced uh, the Hornets and how we supported the Hornets and man, I was at those games um, the, I think that was probably my very first NBA game that I ever went to was the Hornets versus the San Antonio Spurs and um, Incredible to, to, to finally have an NBA team there in in, uh, in Oklahoma City um, You know, Oklahoma is really known as a college sports um, state but when they came, I think it, it, it sparked something inside of all the, the sports fans there in Oklahoma saying that like we could do it. We could have a professional sports team here and support them. And it's not going to take away from our college sports. And, you know, we can all be fans of both and really and really have uh, that presence in a professional you know, sports uh, arena. You know, so it was really cool to see that. So, um you know, with the whole switch over from coming from Seattle, you know, when they purchased the team, when Clay Bennett and the whole investors team uh, purchased the, you know, the, the Seattle Supersonics, uh, there was two years left on their lease. And so the, the city of Seattle actually sued Clay Bennett and that group of investors um, because they, they broke the lease two years before they were supposed to in 2008 when they moved to Oklahoma City. And... Um, that investment group ended up having to pay Seattle $45 million to get out of that lease, which is kind of, you know, it, it's not, it's not really a big number. Um, and I, I really, I, I vaguely remember this happening when I was in high school um, and how excited I was when the Thunder moved to, to Oklahoma City. But just, just kind of uh, going back to it, you know, I remember that I was just so like dumbfounded that that Seattle would let the Supersonics go, that they would let something like this happen. And after doing the research, you know, it was just, you know, the owner willing to sell. Obviously, knowing that he was selling to a group of investors from Oklahoma, he knew what was going to happen, you know. So I know Seattle Supersonics fans are like so... Uh, they don't like Oklahoma City. They're frustrated with, with what happened. They're frustrated that they don't have a team anymore. But honestly, I would be mad at that guy, Howard Schultz, if I was a Seattle Supersonics fan, if I was from that, from that state, from that city. You know, I'd be mad at him because he knew what was going to happen when he sold that team uh, to Clay Bennett and to that, to that, org that you know, the, that group of investors. And so, um, I mean, I think that that's the root cause of, of why Seattle doesn't have a team anymore because they had an owner who just kind of gave up on the franchise and was kind of, and it was just done. It was just like, you know, I'm ready to get paid and be out. And, and that's what he did. So, um, that's who I would be mad at if I was Seattle fans, but, um, the team, you know, they started fresh here in Oklahoma city with a new name, new logo colors, but with the agreement, when they purchased the team, they were able to keep all the accolades that the Seattle Supersonics uh, achieved over the years, which I really don't like. I don't like that they're like 
two teams in in one as far as like their history i hate when you look up the oklahoma city thunder that you get the seattle supersonics history and vice versa like they're two completely separate franchises in my mind um, and they have nothing to do with each other and like oklahoma city needs to get credit for what they've achieved since the team has been there and seattle needs to get credit for all the the history that they've you know built in the past and I, I just don't think when you look up those those teams that, that the two should be in one you know it just doesn't make sense to me but that's how the like the actual contract you know was written and the accolades came with the team when they purchased it so everything except for the name and the logo and the colors and all that so um so that's pretty interesting but um since the since the move the thunder have won five division titles one conference title and one trip to the nba finals um, when they lost to lebron and the miami heat four games to one um some of the most outstanding players to ever wear a thunder jersey not a seattle super jersey but a thunder jersey have been um you know serge Ibaka, two-time blocks leader three-time all defensive first team one-time nba champ with the toronto raptors but started out his career with the thunder um, james harden when he was there obviously james harden is an incredible player now in our league with with the houston rockets he's been there for quite some time but when he started out with uh, he got drafted um, by by the thunder he was the sixth man of the year in 2012 he was kind of he was a part of that big three uh, Westbrook Harden and, and, and Durant and he was that coming off the bench that spark uh, but since then he you know he's been an eight-time all-star league MVP 2018 in a two-time scoring champ James Hardman uh, I mean he's a prolific scorer and you just cannot stop the man you know he's gonna do that patented step back and he's gonna J you I mean every time um, fear the beard man it came out in oklahoma city is it is not a thing from houston like fear the beard came out with the thunder um russell Russ westbrook um of course i think notably um because of how long he played with the the thunder um you know he could arguably be the best thunder uh, of all time but you know durant of course i think is a better player but Westbrook played there longer so nine-time all-star he was a league MVP in 2017 two-time assist leader two-time scoring champion two-time all-star game MVP I mean Westbrook obviously I mean one of the things that he's known for the most is his triple doubles he fills the stat sheet um and you know early on when when he started getting all these triple doubles one of the things that that I noticed watching the games, being a fan of the Thunder, is it seemed like he was just forcing the stat sheet, you know, trying to get assists, trying to get rebounds, do all these things so that he could get the triple double. Um, and I think now, in the last couple of years, and now uh, seeing his game uh, evolve when Durant left and just the leadership role that he had to take, like, I mean, the man is just an incredible basketball player. And I never never doubted that, never doubted his physical ability. I mean, I mean him, Derrick Rose, man, probably some of the you know, top two most athletic point guards to ever play the game of basketball. I mean, he's he's incredible. And I love kind of the shift that he's made over the last couple of years, just being a smarter basketball player. I see his basketball IQ has grown so much. And I wish 
that it could have been there uh, when him and Durant were playing together. Because I believe without a doubt, if he would have had that more high, higher basketball IQ and some of the knowledge that he has now and just like slowing down of the game, not forcing so much, you know, they possibly could have won a championship. Um, but then again, they did run into LeBron James and Dwayne Wade on that Miami Heat team. So it, it, it's an uphill battle for anybody going into that finals. But um, and then we got Kevin Durant, four time scoring champ, you know, member of the 50, 40, 90 club, rookie of the year, two time all star game MVP, 10 time all star league MVP in 2014, uh, two time league league champ with the, with the Warriors and a two-time finals MVP. I mean, Kevin Durant um, will go down as one of the greatest players to ever play basketball. Um, and, you know, like I said a second ago, like although Westbrook has played uh, played longer uh, with the Thunder, I think, I mean, Kevin Durant still would edge him out as the best Thunder player probably of all time. So, I mean, the Thunder, the, the crazy thing is, guys, is that these five players that I named all played on the same team together at one point um I mean they you got three MVPs uh well also so it was it was these four guys and then Kendrick Perkins and Kendrick Perkins is is a uh NBA champion in his own right with the Boston Celtics when he played you know when he came to the to the Thunder Kendrick Perkins was in late in his career but uh, these guys played on the same team together um, it's just mind-blowing uh, you know James Harden wasn't where he was at Serge Ibaka actually was probably better defensively at the time but he wasn't the threat from the outside he could he didn't have the, the shot that he has now with the Raptors um, but Westbrook and Durant were incredible together and it's just so sad that like they didn't get a ring together because if they would have stayed together, just, I mean, I cannot believe what they could have done. But, you know, not enough money in the world to keep that team together. So, um, man, so, you know, just going back, you know, the, this team coming from Seattle. Seattle was an incredible franchise. Uh, the Supersonics had a great history of winning. Uh, they had one championship in 1979. They, they had three conference titles, Western Conference titles, or and, and then and then um, and then six division titles. Or the Seattle SuperSonics, man, they they were incredible. Uh, I mean, the Eastern Conference titles. So I'm sorry. Um, I mean, the some of the best players in in Sonic history: Gary Payton, Ray Allen. Sean Kemp, Spencer Haywood, Date Ellis, Jack Sikama, like they they had they have Hall of Famers, you know, Hall of Famers on their team, uh, and this city deserves a franchise. I mean, when you think of when you think of basketball and the history of basketball, like these the Seattle SuperSonics are going to come up, um, and like I said, it, it's sad that they had an owner that to me was just careless and just wanted to get paid and said, I'm just gonna sell. You know, to me, he needed to have more pride and more appreciation for the franchise and at least find someone to sell to that's going to take over the team, keep it in Seattle and try to advance it into the future. Um, but he didn't do that. You know, he didn't do that. It screwed it up for them. And, but I think that, 
with the way the NBA is going. I mean, let's just see with this current season that's going on with all the lockout, or not the lockout, but the, the COVID-19 and the, the pause on the season. Uh, you know, with them talking about possible playoff changes, going through a one through 16 seeded uh, playoff, hopefully that is the case that they might try that soon in the future. Um, you know, I can see the league expanding and adding more teams. Um, I mean, there's several cities around the United States that I think could host an NBA franchise and add something to the league and give us more diversity. Um, and I think Seattle Supersonics, they need a team. They need, they need, a, they need an incredible owner to come in there, start the franchise, uh, you know, talk to Adam Silver about expansion. And like, like I've been going into the history of these other teams, it just takes a determined owner, investor, someone to get into the commissioner's, you know, get through to the commissioner and say, we need a league expansion. And that, you know, that's what it's taken in the past. And that's what it's going to take for the Seattle Supersonics to get back on the map. Um, but I see it happening. I see it happening. And I, I think that it's in the horizon. Um, so ho hopefully Seattle Supersonics fans, that, that's going to be in the future for you guys. Um, but until then, you know, we just appreciate the greatness of the past that's, that, that, that the Supersonics have brought to the NBA and um, look forward to the future. So that's your 30 teams for 30 weeks, Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, you know, next week we are going to, uh, we're going to stay in the West and I think we're gonna go with the we're gonna go with the Denver Nuggets. We're gonna go into their history, talk about the Denver Nuggets, and just uh, kind of get into them as an organization. So I, I'm excited for that. Um, like I said, guys, I'm on I'm on Twitter now, um, and you can find me. Uh, I am at uh, hoops underscore slim, and you know you can talk to me. I'd like to hear your questions, feedback about the podcast about you know anything you you'd like to tell me about okc thunder or the seattle supersonics um or you know any questions that you might have for this upcoming episode about the denver nuggets so yeah that's your 30 for 30 teams 30 weeks okc thunder all right so it's time for our nba news league news so the nba is back y'all so 22 teams set to get back to basketball with a hopeful start of july 31st um we got 13 teams from the west and 13 and nine teams from the east um, 22 teams total uh it looks like we're going to do it some seating eight seating games um to kind of place to get our official one through eight from both from both uh conferences uh and then for that eighth and final place in each conference if the separation between the eighth and ninth seed is within four uh, or within three games then they're going to do a best of three series so basically you got to win two head-to-head -head matchup games to officially lock your spot in as the eighth seed in your conference but if the separation between the eighth and ninth seed is four games or more then that eighth seed, whoever finishes after the seeding games, is just going to go ahead and lock themselves in for the playoffs. 
once they get into the playoffs it's going to be normal best of seven series just like we're used to seeing um, the nba decided not to switch things up and try a new playoff format which i know some people are saying you know why not just do it you know you miss an opportunity to just experiment in this odd season that we're having but i agree with it i agree that don't just throw in some makeshift idea to enforce this new playoff idea um when we already have so much unsettled um you know atmosphere and and let's just get back to basketball that's all it needs to be get back to the normal basketball let's get this season uh over with um and, and and play it out like it normally would be played out so i appreciate the nba actually making that decision agreeing upon that so they still have a few things in the works um until you know it's official official that they're gonna play i mean they, they're still working out the details with um the um orlando walt disney you know uh resorts and and they're how they're gonna put the players up and and making sure that the bubble site is secure and then they're working on with uh you know they're working with health inspectors and different um different organizations to ensure that the the health and safety is on lock for for this with the COVID-19 still being around they have to make sure that players are not going to get it staff is staff and coaching and medical um you know assistants and trainers aren't going to get these things um so they're still working on like all the fine details and of course you know with the start date of july 31st they have time to work things out um get all the you know i's dotted and, and t's crossed so um, but the bottom line is we're gonna get some basketball so i'm excited i'm definitely gonna be tuning in to watch these games and uh you know, obviously with the same playoff format, the, the favorites to come out are the Milwaukee Bucks from the East and the Los, Ange Los Angeles Lakers from the West. Um, but let's see who's ready. Let's see who's been putting in the work through this downtime, um, who's had the ability to continue to stay fit and work on their game and still have that championship mindset, you know. Um, because we knew that this day would come we knew that hopefully basketball would start back up and we would crown a champion for this season so uh, i'm excited to see um you know it's, it's to me it's just a true testament of uh, these basketball players to see how they've been taking care of their bodies how much they appreciate their craft and what they do and if they've been working on things during this downtime like i've been saying the whole time with our drills of the week if you're not working on ball handling as an average just everyday person who loves the game and is a player then you're not doing justice you're not wanting to get better and as an nba player man they got to go above and beyond to still be working i mean most of these guys multi-millionaires they probably have courts at their house full courts at their house you know there's no excuse for them not to be in the gym playing getting working so um you know, I'm, I'm excited to get back to basketball and see what that is. So that's your NBA news for the week. Um, let's get into our drill. So this week's drill is called War. Um, war is one of my all-time favorite drills that I learned back in high school um, playing for the Edmund Memorial Bulldogs um, in Oklahoma. Um, this, uh, you know, our coach there introduced this drill war to us. And I've used it as a coach 
and it is amazing it, it, it produces results um, so you play this drill with a minimum of two players but in a maximum of ten um, the purpose of it is to become better at boxing out and rebounding um, offensive there's an offensive player starts with the ball um, out of the paint um, you, you shoot the basketball and you, you try to miss um, then then the battle begins so you have so if, let's say if you have two players one of you obviously like i just said one player is going to be outside the paint with the ball the other is going to be inside the defensive player is going to be inside the paint when the shot goes up and it's supposed to be a miss you go and you battle the the key is to to re to, to box out properly so you're splitting your defender you're placing your forearm in the chest you reverse pivot um and, and create contact pushing them back as a as a def defensive player staying low so that you can grow go grab the rebound so you push them back and then you explode to the ball and get it um the, the offensive player is obviously trying to get through that box out swim move spin um you know shrug the defender whatever you got to do to try to get the board it's uh you know rebounding is uh who wants it more it's it's the the battle of desires and heart and so this drill is going to test it so um, if the defensive player gets the basketball, um, they're going to push it full court and they're going to try to score on the opposite end. Um, if the offensive player gets the board, they're going to grab the board, try to go right back up and lay it in. So you're going to play to five is what we normally play to. Um, you can set that number uh, higher, lower, whatever it is that you want to do. This drill is going to test your endurance and how good of shape you were in because more than likely um, because of how hard you're going especially when you play five on five with this drill um, it's 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 definitely like the the title of it is it's a war it's a battle out there because the intention is to box out be physical um, get into each other and, and go grab the board and score um, so it's that's the key boxing out and fighting for the rebound so for me when i when i put this drill into place as a coach um the offensive side of it i'm not really looking at that too much during this drill so i let a lot of things i let a lot of things go um i let my players play very physical i'm not gonna call fouls um and, and it's gonna get chippy because that's what you have to have inside of you to be a great rebound you have rebounder you have to have that chippiness you have to have that fire you have to have the willingness to um you know lay your body out there on the line and give everything you have to get that board um more than likely at at the end of a game if you look at the rebounding stats whoever has more rebounds and wins that battle is going to win the game and so rebounding, boxing out is one of the most important skills to have as a basketball player. Um, and for me as a coach, coaching this drill and giving it, you know, as part of really my routine and practices was we had, you know, 30 minutes of war, you know, 15 to 30 minutes of war every practice because rebounding, boxing out is key. And it helped us become a better team on the teams that I've coached. So I hope that um, you have the ability to have a court outside or inside to, to do this drill. And like I said, you can, you can do this with two people. Um, you and a buddy can go out there 
and, and, and put in work and get better at this skill and impress your coaches when you get back in, into the gym and get back on that court. You're going to be out there, big or small, getting boards and helping your team to victory. So that's your drill of the week. And this is ha- this has also been your NBA news of the week. Um, hope you've enjoyed this podcast, guys. Another week, episode five, Hoops with Slim Shooter. Have a great week.